25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we're back because we, we know you are us. <laughs> we are back, and we're still pretty broken. We took this uh, week to only do one episode because wow, wow. Yeah. Um, if you follow us on social media, um, I posted a little something something about us needing to take a break uh, this week and only do one episode. And I posted a, a little image of the two of us in our bitmojis sitting in a box crying. And honestly, I could not think of a better representation of what this week has been like than that. And I mean, usually, and this is where we usually work out, right? Like normally, and I don't know if you all, as you're listening, have best friends like this, where it's like, normally, like 100% of the time, somebody in the duo is damaged. Like normally that's occurring for us. But what usually doesn't happen is that we're both damaged at the same time. And so that is normally something we avoid. This week, however, damaged goods on both the left and right side of the screen. It was just, this week has been absolute chaos for both of us. And I definitely think like for the first time in a while, I started processing just like how much the last like year has been, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think it's just been like so much um, just in life and in the world. And even I got to thinking about uh, and talking with, our good friend of the podcast, Dina, um, shout out to Dina Weinheimer, about just the way also, like, we've been pretty nonstop on hockey for almost two whole seasons based on the way that the year went, like, based on the way, like, the off season went, and you had the expansion draft, you had the the actual draft, you had Yarmo ensuing chaos. I mean, it was just like, there's no, no gap in real time. And we've really kind of been doing this like pretty nonstop for for two well for over a year for almost yeah. two full hockey seasons. And I love getting on here and talking about hockey, but man, sometimes you just gotta breathe. Well, and it was funny that you brought up before we hit record that this the streamyard session that we're in was is the streamyard session from when we tried to record the first episode. <laughs> For this week and basically we couldn't record it because my life is trauma and I was crying I was just crying and I couldn't stop crying and I let's normalize the tears let's yes obviously but like it's one of those things where it's like you'd almost much rather cry with a person when you're like physically in the same room together than to cry on essentially what is fancy zoom. And I like, oh, yeah. couldn't look at Jeremy. Like I couldn't look at you. I really like felt very like 
because not only was I crying for like legitimate reasons, but like then all of a sudden I was like ashamed. <laughs> and I was like, we cannot, like we just cannot record. Yeah. And then we tried to record the next day too. We didn't even get to the StreamYard part of it. I kind of forgot that we thought about recording on Wednesday. I kind of forgot about that for us. But you had just, Tuesday. you had text- It was Tuesday. Damn it. I'm like falling apart. <laughs> You had texted me on Tuesday night something though about what you've been going through this week. And I was just like, do you want to just do one one episode this week? And I'll and I as we did yesterday, which was Wednesday, put out a message about um kind of where we're at, but also like very much so in the vein of what we want to be, which is like normalizing certain things you know, we, we wanted to be honest and say, like, we needed to take a break. And like, we want to remind everyone else that it's okay to take a break and that your mental health and your well being is like so much more important than everything else. We're still broken toys. Um, Yeah. Things have not, things have not gotten any better. Um, Maybe argue they've gotten worse. So we just have to process it. Yeah. Um, But we've also, like, as much as, like, we have been overcome with with hockey and everything, this week is the hockey things have been good. And so, like, I think it's good that we are recording. Thank God. Can you imagine (laughs) if, like, this week was just, like, absolute shit show hockey-wise? Like, this has actually been maybe one of the better weeks to be a Blue Jackets fan in a while. Like, and and we're here like doing everything except for being Blue Jackets <laughs> fans because we're like falling apart. But that's okay. It is. It is okay. It's okay to fall apart, and it's okay to have really bad weeks. Um, so, but we're you know we're getting there. Hopefully, maybe not. Who knows? Um, yeah, one day we'll start the like outward therapy podcast but shoot we might traumatize some people with our experiences yeah 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 Um, (laughs) but let's talk about let's talk about the happy stuff let's talk about um subjectively speaking went on their first road trip i like that you said that subjectively speaking like, on their first road trip as if like the way that you like made us an entity and like we're like the two we of are us an here. entity we you and i have been on other road trips not as subjectively speaking but this one was as that's true the podcast that is true although actually not really that many if you think about it that many road trips yeah i mean like I mean, not I like really- not in the sense of like, yeah, maybe like a, an hour and a half drive. But if you think about it, really, we haven't been on very many road trips. That's true. That's weird for us. I know, right? They'll have to change. But yeah, we did. And and this one was to uh, Detroit, uh, Michigan, <laughs> um, as we talked about in our last episode, to uh, catch a Blue Jackets game at Little Caesars Arena, brought along special guest Randy Paul. 
my father. That was a lot of fun. And it was just a really neat opportunity to, to catch some hockey in a place that we've never seen it before. Laura got to take in her first road game, which almost was a problem. And we'll talk about why it wasn't. And it was just really a superb, superb trip. I obviously the hockey was good. Little Caesars Arena is pretty neat. Like, it's actually, like, a pretty nice place. If you've never been, I highly recommend making the trip up there for a game next year. It is really nice. Although, I had some complaints, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, at a later time in the show. But overall, a really great weekend, a really great chance to catch the Jackets in a place we haven't seen them before, and a great win. Yes. Um, I will say that the trip started out... Similarly to the last time I had to drive to Michigan for you, uh, which is that I experienced all forms of weather. You were also (laughs) driving to Michigan for you this time. (laughs) Don't just make this like it was my fault. This one, own own your desire to be present at this one. I can understand if you didn't want to be present at the last one, but you wanted to be at this one. That is true. That is true. But there's something apparently about going to Michigan where I have to experience all forms of weather. You're not going to visit me until, like, July because you know, like, for sure you're safe then from other forms of weather. I'm going to end up freaking driving through a tornado. <laughs> Sounds right. That feels right. Um, But, yeah, so I uh, drove through snow, sleet, rain, hail, sunshine, high winds, um, all that sort of jazz uh, to meet Jeremy in Detroit. Because uh, he was coming down from Grand Rapids, I was coming up from Columbus. Um, and about 30 minutes into my drive, Jeremy texts me, my dad's mad. And I was like, for what? <laughs> and again, if you follow us on social media, I posted a very cute bitmoji of Jeremy and I in a car that said, road trip. And his dad was mad because I did not include him in the graphic but you do bitmojis with three people his bitmoji is really accurate it really is scary accurate it is like extremely extremely accurate um but yeah so we we went um and we went to little caesar's arena and this was my first road game as jeremy said but also jeremy's dad's first road game which I don't think that we knew until that day. I mean, it wasn't his first time seeing an NHL game outside of Columbus. So, like, he obviously, like, had gone to a couple of games. I shouldn't say obviously. This is not obvious at all. Um, He went to a couple of games in Detroit before the Jackets were founded and also in Pittsburgh. Uh, But he had never seen the Blue Jackets play on the road before. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was the first time he had gone. And so he's 1-0. So he's, like, sticking to that and probably saying that he can never go to another one because he has a perfect record. But yeah, he he seemed to love it too, which was really cool. Yes, and the arena is really nice. Uh, it's what, like four years old? Something like that? I want to say so. I, I can pull it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it has, Detroit has very similar vibes to like Columbus, especially the area where the hockey arena is located because there's also like the baseball stadium, and I'm pretty sure the Lions football stadium is right there, too. Yeah, yep. 
Um, and so like very similar to the arena district. Um, it's kind of nice because the arena has like multiple restaurants that line the outside of it that also have entrances into the arena. So once nice, we see, nice and complicated though. It was kind it of was a complicated. complicated. Yes, it was complicated because we think that they were having like a private event in the one restaurant. And then we it, there was some wandering involved, but we did end up in a really like kind of cute like sports bar pub situation. Um, we were like one of two Blue Jackets tables <laughs> in this restaurant, which was fine. Um, and we had some really good food. Then we got to go into the arena. It was very nice, very clean. You know, it's once you it felt larger than nationwide, but I think we figured out that the capacities are relatively similar. Yeah, so nineteen thousand five hundred and fifteen for hockey. So I think that is roughly about the same as nationwide. Um, but it was also like what was bigger about it to me, at least, was like the lower bowls bigger. And it feels like there's more down there. And then you have a couple of extra, like, specialty seats, like, in terms of, like, you have, like, your, your quote-unquote, like, club or or your suite style, like, right there. But then you also then have a mezzanine. And then there's the upper bowl. And so the upper bowl is actually, to me, I think, a little bit further removed from the ice. But even outside of the playing surface and outside of the arena itself, similar to Nationwide Arena where you have an enclosed, like, concourse that is pretty open and it feels open. You can see outside still. Um, Little Caesars Arena also has that. And it's, like, to me, that part is bigger. It's, like, it seems Mm. like that, like, mall area is bigger, which I think made it just all seem so much more massive. But, yeah, it it seemed – it was a cool arena. The lights were sweet. Like, just, like, the pregame, everything was really nice. And the banners. I want oh to talk my about gosh, you guys. This was the coolest thing. And this is going to sound really ridiculous because we were sitting there watching their like whole pre-game, like pre-start of the game stuff, right. which was very cool. It was a very cool presentation. Obviously, Detroit's been around for forever. So like they have a lot of history and a lot of things to celebrate. Um, and so the whole presentation was pretty cool, but then we were sitting there and literally like two seconds before this happened, I Jeremy looked at Laura. Had- yeah, I was like, there's no banners here. Like, like why, why don't they have their banners? Cause like they display them in their preview. Like they're in the preview and they're like, here are like, I think 11 Stanley Cups. Like, what have yeah. you? I was like, where are the banners? And then immediately as if I like turned on a system as if they I was have- uh, they just dropped from the ceiling. Bitch, I was gagged. It was so cool. So good. <laughs> and it was just like, and they just have this like mechanism that all of the banners are in. And they just sort of, they do, they just literally drop out. And it's so like pristine and clean. And just, it was so, like, it's kind of, it sounds kind of lame when we talk about it now, but like, to see it, you're like, that is really, like, high caliber. And their, like, ceiling light system was very cool. So good. 
like you could do the whole like night sky situation like there were like they have all the little tiny lights and it was just it was very very cool um and thankfully because this was something i was very worried about and i think jeremy was also very worried about been, as you should have been worried because you was acting up not as much as your dad um no. yeah. yes and no i didn't get too out of control until towards the very end yeah but you but yeah we thankfully were seated beside like six I think six or so other Blue Jackets fans, like directly in our row. We were sitting in the front row of the upper bowl, which was also nice because then people weren't in front of us. But we had like six, six people to the left of me. Um, and then there were two sort of like nonchalant Red Wings fans at the end of our row besides Jeremy, beside Jeremy's dad. And then across the aisle were a bunch of other Blue Jackets fans, including a couple of people who have this like thing I'm super obsessed with right now is they had the blank Blue Jackets jerseys, um, but on the back they say road trip. And then there's a like patch for every other, like every road arena that they've gone to. I think that's the cutest idea in the world. I really want to do it. Um and now that I've been to a road game, I can. So very exciting. But this was very reassuring for me because I don't, I don't necessarily like know how to contain myself at games um, sometimes. And so I was very thankful to have been sat by a very lovely group of people Um who were also passionate Blue Jackets fans who do a very cute thing. Their son's birthday is like in and around this time. And so every year they look for a road game to go to um, for his birthday. And he was like, he had to be like 16 or 17. Yeah. And they said they've been to, I think Nashville and where else did they say they went? I feel like Nashville, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Ooh, Philadelphia. Detroit, and I want to say Buffalo. Wow. So, which is pretty good. That's pretty much like a good surrounding yeah. circle of teams um, that are around Columbus. So, yeah, I um, think Washington might be the only other team there that I feel like is super drivable. I mean, I guess you could say that like New York, New York, and New Jersey are, but I. I that might be tight, but um, but yeah, I mean that was super cool. And like you said, sometimes uh, at games you'd be saying shit, and so it was nice when we pulled up and we saw um, we saw that. And I actually like felt like kind of an ass because when we get to our seats, I have a sticker on my seat that I won Red Wings merch, and so I got a Red Wings fanny pack in case anyone's curious. But yeah, that was nice to be able to sit next to them. And I will say that people sitting next to my dad were pretty nonchalant until the penalties really started taking place. And then I heard some stuff and I was like, yeah, they probably aren't a huge fan of us. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess like probably we should talk about the game, right? Like the game itself was was quite quite the game. I mean, it was just like... It was chippy. It was chippy as hell. And it was another example to me of like... When, when things aren't called toward the beginning of the game, how it can affect the tone for the rest of the game. I think there was an early boarding call that probably could have been made. I want to say it was a boarding call or, or something else that probably could have happened. And if that happens, I mean, a two-minute minor is 
sometimes enough to be able to to calm the game down a little bit. But um, <laughs> the referees had no interest, and um, you know the game. The Jackets got their fair share of shots in the first period. Um, they outshot the Red Wings 14-10 to 10 and uh, got the only goal of the period. Jack Roslovic, whose name will say a lot tonight, he scores a goal. Um, and then I don't know if it was in the first period or if it was toward the beginning of the second period that the Red Wings scored, but it was immediately waved off for um, goaltender interference. And this was the moment that I thought my father might die because <laughs> he was standing up in the front row of the upper bowl. Very easy to probably be kicked over the edge, which I know he wouldn't have been. But um, nevertheless, waving off the goal. And I was like, oh, my God, it's too early in this game. It is too early in this game to be talking this shit, right? Like, it's way too soon to identify yourself. And and what made me even more like confused was this man did not wear anything blue jackets, blue or red or anything. He wore a green shirt with the camo blue jackets hat. Like he was the most discreet out of the three of us. And he announced himself pretty quickly by standing up and waving off the goal and screaming, no goal. And he was right. No goal. But it felt like quite the, the power move that early in the game. Yeah, no, I very much so was trying hard to contain my reactions to things so that as to not to draw attention. Like when Jack got his goal in the first period, I was like, <laughs> it was actually funny because we <laughs> both, I, I did my like, I, if, if you ever go to a game with me or if you ever see me at a game, I like to think that I have a pretty good reaction time on like when goals are scored and then like when I react, like I think I'm pretty quick at the draw and sometimes my brain doesn't let me like process where I'm at. And so like, I literally just like did the whole, like I, I like fist bump every time we score. It's kind of what I've recognized as being what I do. And I did that really big and I went, mm, damn. Okay. Put, put it down, put it down, put it down, put it down. <laughs> Bring the but, arm down. But yeah, oh. I mean, Jack, Jack, gave us the lead and um then we didn't have it we didn't have it for a minute <laughs> we did not we did not um they definitely so i do believe that goal that you were talking about being waved off was towards the end of the first period I think so um because in the second period uh the red wings came back with um a chip on their shoulder yeah. and decided that they were going to take the lead uh, scoring twice in the second period um, to go up 2-1. And that's kind of like, for me, I was like, oh, no. I, was, like, I mean, the Jackets were getting demolished in the second period. That shot 15-8. to eight. I mean, it was just like, it was pretty much like nonstop. I was, sh- I was surprised it took 13 and a half minutes for the Red Wings to get on the board for the first time because mm-hmm. it just felt like nonstop pressure from the Red Wings. And it was, and I told Laura, I was like, the first time you hear that away goal horn, you're or the home goal horn as an away fan, you're just gonna like a little piece of you is gonna die because like you're so used to when there's a goal horn, it means good things, and in this context, goal horn means bad things. And we heard the goal horn quite a few times um, in this one for the Red Wings, but you handled those well. I was proud. Thank you. Um, yeah, it did. I mean, it did take them, you know, 13 minutes, almost 14 minutes into the second period to score. Um, and then of course they scored for the second time about two and a half minutes later, 
But the reason why it took them so long is because Elvis was really standing on his head, as we say all the time. Like, he just really was not having it with with the Red Wings. He just was like, no, sir, you're not. And, of course, we have those two. But then little baby Cole Sillinger decides that, no, I want to end the second period tied um and Cole Sillinger gets his 12th goal of the season um to tie it up at the um with less than two minutes to go in the period which was like a very relieving situation because as all Blue Jackets know ending a period down never super goes well yeah and especially when it's ending the second period down because like third periods are hard for us right now and so that was nice and then the third period just like well not to not to slow your roll too quick but like that was really the goal where things got ugly because like immediately after cole scored there was a bra (laughs) On the other, and you see Cole score, and he's all happy until he notices that. I don't remember who was getting their ass beat. Oh no, Vorchek went after someone. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> it's just funny to watch. Like it was just funny to watch his immediate um, reaction to. There's the- a great picture, like montage of Cole mm-hmm. from like that moment where he's like so happy and he has that great like Cole smile to then you just watch his eyes drift over to like behind the net and he sees like all of his brothers in arms just like swinging fists like <laughs> especially Jakob yeah, yeah. Borchek who was like absolutely not like he was not taking anyone's shit on Saturday night and he was going to let everyone know about him. Absolutely. And he did. And I was glad for it. But then, yes, as you said, we rolled on to the third period where, uh, you know, things felt good for a little bit for the Blue Jackets. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously you end that second period with that goal, which is so key. And it really, like, does give you some energy going into the into the intermission because really, like I said, that period was all Red Wings. And, of course, you know, <laughs> who else? But um, good old Jack Rossovic himself scores his second goal of the game. And then Justin Danforth scores to make it 4-2. to two. And Jack Rosovic gets another assist on that. So at this point, Jack's got three points on the night. And um, then <laughs> then things didn't go great. Things weren't great for a second. They did not. No, in very classic uh, Blue Jackets fashion, uh, we decided that we didn't want a two-goal lead anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted, Yeah, we wanted to really make it a dicey um, situation. And so, of course, we allowed for the Red Wings captain, Dylan Larkin, uh, to get a their third goal at 15.35 into the third period. And then very quickly, yeah, one would say money? almost immediately afterwards, uh, Justin Vrana scores to tie the game 
And then things get all crazy. They did. Um, but also uh, Jacob Vrana. But Sorry. Um, it's okay. We can still be friends. It's um, okay. That makes up for the fact that they called him Jack Rosselvick. Or no, Jake Rosselvick. They did, yeah. They did. Uh, so what I, another piece about what I liked about the in-game stuff for the Red Wings is that they actually had like an intermission show that played in the arena, which was nice. But yeah, they did call him Jake Rosselvick. Uh, there's also a lot of J names that had a lot going on in this game. So like really, it's just a lot happening. But um, how about this capping off, and the pun is intended, your first road game with... A hat trick because Jack Rosovic made it so. And maybe I'm breezing over the fact that you almost got murdered at one point because. I was going to say, are you not going to talk about my losing my mind? Yeah, I I absolutely have to. So Tyler Bertuzzi. Fuck um, him. Fuck that guy. Had a lot to had Mm. had a lot of feelings, and as you can hear, Laura does too. And Laura was literally enunciating every single word, every single syllable of her feelings at. Little Caesars Arena, and it is so good, so good that the man to her left was a Blue Jackets fan because it was it was fighting words like some of the shit she was saying. Like I was like, you can't really say that here, um, or else you're going to end up like whoever the hell Tyler Bertuzzi's punching, which in this case was Vladislav Gavrikov. Um, I was like, maybe not ideal. So we got out of it unscathed, but. I was I, a little nervous. <laughs> I did say some things that I should not have. Um, although the man sitting beside me did find them funny. Um, I will. I, I do want to shout out. Scared. He what? He might have just been scared. That is true. I <laughs> was very mad. Um, but I do want to shout out someone that follows that we follow and they follow us on Twitter, JC, who. If you're familiar with like Blue Jackets Kids Day stuff, she's done the like news correspondence um, situation like the last couple of times that we were that we've done uh, the Kids Day stuff, and she's on Twitter, and she tweeted, "I laughed out loud," and then when I read it to Jeremy, he also laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but she tweeted, "Gavi, don't fight him. He's not vaccinated." And so I lost my mind. It was so funny. It was really good. And I, yeah, it was just wild. But yes, Jack Rosselick wins the game 5-4. He wins a game that none of us really thought we were going to be able to win. But you know what? That's what they say. That's why you got to play the games. That's why you got to keep going. You got to play every second of them. And the Jackets win the game in overtime. And... That Elvis was really- celebrated. Elvis celebrated. He did. Elvis. So Elvis had one hell of a save. I mean, more than one. But like, uh, he stopped the. He stopped the. Sh- um, he stopped a what's it called breakaway words. Yeah. Um, and man, yeah, the way he reacted to that was just priceless. But but yeah, the Blue Jackets win, and uh, good news. So can you. You can also win because uh, our friends over at DraftKings, you know them. I've been telling you about them for a while because uh, you're going to be able to feel the action on the ice like never before because DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, is offering new customers $150 in free bets on any team that wins when they place just $1 on that team. 
And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. You're going to draft your lineups of eight players and a goalie and rack up points for skulls, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, but just $1 on any NHL team to win and get 150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we personally don't need to worry about fantasy hockey this week because you and I won our divisions in our regular season of fantasy hockey and we are by this week we're not we're not um playing any hockey or playing air quotes any hockey this week our team and um we're just out here sitting pretty uh heck yeah we won our divisions uh i worked very hard on fantasy hockey this season now that i know how it works and so i'm very proud of myself yeah you've done really good work i've been really proud of you I I know she went on a little bit of a slowdown a few weeks ago, but if you remember, I said that I think Kelly's going to win this damn league, and I still think she's going to win the league because like she's currently beating Dan, which is like no easy feat, but yeah. it's just the most fascinating of fascinating to watch this unravel, but all I know is that you and I, we're going to be in the semifinal regardless of what happens because we got the bye. Heck yeah. Um, talking now to two teams that won't be in the semifinals, the Columbus Blue Jackets took on the Montreal Canadiens in what was really honestly like not actually about the game, Like to be frank. like I don't think anybody actually cared too much about how this one went. What everybody cared about, as they should, was the debut of Kent Johnson and Nick Blankenberg, which we have not really even talked about the signing of Nick Blankenberg on the show yet because we have not recorded since he signed. Um, but Yeah, we haven't recorded since either of them signed. Right. And so obviously KJ is somebody that we all expected. Obviously Michigan, unfortunately, eliminated a little prematurely from the Frozen Four. And so uh, they, you know, Ken Johnson signs his entry-level contract. Well, not mere minutes after uh, Nick Blankenberg announced as a unrestricted free agent signing, an undrafted uh, college student from the University of Michigan, former teammate and now still current teammate of Kent Johnson um, in Columbus, former captain of the Michigan Wolverines hockey program. And it was a signing that surprised people, I want to say. like I don't think that anybody really had it in their brains that another signing could be taking place, but obviously this one does. And... I got to tell you, when it happened, I was pumped. I mean, there's something just exciting about getting a guy who was the captain of a team like Michigan this year. It says something about his character. It says something about who he is on and off the ice, and that's exciting. But I'll tell you what, I was even more excited about the signing after the game against Montreal, which we'll talk about a little bit. So, yeah, Kent Johnson, number 13. Kent Johnson, which I know is a sore subject on this show specifically, and number 77, Nick Blankenberg, also taking former Blue Jackets, uh, Josh Anderson's former sweater number. Uh, it's just the two of them make their debut. Awesome, awesome showing from both of them. Kent Johnson absolutely looks like he is going to be a playmaker from hell. He is just 
I couldn't believe some of the things that he was bold enough to try in his first NHL game, but I think that that just kind of is is this generation of player, like see Trevor Zegers, like all this kind of stuff. That's just who they are, and I'm so glad that's who they are because he looked awesome. Nick Blankenberg with the assist in his first NHL game, which I don't think any of us had on our bingo board, was Kent Johnson not being the first of those two to score a point. But, wow, just absolutely electrifying result. And they won 5-1. And they won 5-1. So. They did, yes. Uh, no, it was an incredibly like exciting night. It's always exciting when you have a player – make their NHL debut as a Blue Jacket. Um, And even more special to have them do it together, um, have them really start this, this journey. They were, they did some press after they, um, after their first practice. And both of them were like, we're just, you know, we're really glad that we're here together to do this. They're like, we feel bad for um, some of our other former Michigan teammates that are off having to have these experiences not like by themselves and not having like someone to talk to about it and someone to like share that moment with. Cause this is such, I mean, yes, they, they played for arguably the best, if not one of the best college hockey teams in the country um, and have been Kent, Kent for sure has been being talked about for, you know, basically since July 23rd when he was drafted. Um, And, you know, now you're coming into this, like you just had this heartbreaking loss in the Frozen Four to then 12 hours later be signing your first NHL contract and literally being ushered off to meet the team, like, it's just such a whirlwind experience. And like Jeremy and I both working formerly and currently with college students, like we have a really good understanding of like how, like what mental, like what mental age <laughs> this, this person, these people have. And like to have such huge, huge things like, I doubt that they've even realized like some of the like intensity of the things that they've gone through over the last couple of days. And um, yeah, they just really, really made big impressions Um, yesterday before the game. uh, Rick Nash was on the skate space uh, with Jeff and uh, I don't know why I Dylan. I just, I don't know why I just forgot his name. I'm sorry. Guest on this show. We love you. <laughs> uh, with Jeff and Dylan. And uh, back when Dylan interviewed Kent Johnson in the fall, like after he had been drafted and all that sort of stuff, Kent talked to, they asked, he asked Kent, like, what is the thing that like makes you stand out? And he said his hockey IQ. And then Rick talked about that yesterday. And he said, Kent just knows. He just knows the play before it even happens. Like he reads the ice so well and he reads like he reads his teammates, even for the first time playing with them, he was reading other blue jackets players like to a level that you don't normally see in a rookie player, especially on their very first night. Um, And so it's going to be a really exciting thing to see him 
fully get comfortable and see how well that skill develops. Because if it develops the way we all think it's going to, to then he's going to be dangerous. And that's really exciting for Blue Jackets fans. But for me, as like, obviously very excited about Kent. But because I am like the more emotional and like to get invested in like who the people, who the people, the person is behind the player, I could not be more excited for how Nick's night went last night. I mean, he was a walk on at Michigan, worked his tail off, turned turned from a forward to a defenseman at Michigan, uh, worked his tail off, worked his way up to where last summer um, team, a team had offered him his first professional contract. He turned it down to go back to Michigan to captain that team and to have this experience with them and to finish his degree, which I think is very honorable. He will be graduating in a couple of weeks, which is very exciting. Um, to then have this incredible season at Michigan, obviously it didn't work out entirely how they wanted it to. And then to get to, to have this opportunity where the Blue Jackets had been there following Kent, um, in his journey to it around Christmas time, get this phone call from Rick Nash saying like, would you be interested in maybe becoming a Blue Jacket? Like, what are your thoughts? It's like the Book of Mormon, but like the Book of Blue Jacket. Yes. Like, knocked on his door. Hello. Hello. Um, so, and then to, to get this opportunity to come here with Kent, uh, to have his first game, get his first NHL point, and then he was also one of the stars of the night. He's the third star of the night, which was so cute. And then he got the Kepi. Like, other than scoring a goal, you don't get much better at a start, like a first NHL game story. Yeah, no, that one probably couldn't have gone much better for him. And obviously, it went well for the Blue Jackets. I mean, it was... I, I think there was like a renewed sense of energy to be able to have those guys on the ice. And it's not... I mean those guys didn't play, you know, really minuscule roles. They, Nick Blankenberg played 1646. And if you'll remember right, the Jackets actually played with 11 forwards and seven defensemen in Detroit. And and we had defensemen that played two, three minutes. And those were your six and seven defensemen. And basically in this lineup, you've got Nick playing as, as your sixth defenseman and he's got 1646 of ice time. I mean, he, he's got more than Kent and Kent had 1105. And it it just goes to show, I mean, like, these two are going to bring a lot to this lineup for the last few games of the season. And I think that that's what you're really excited about if you're a Blue Jackets fan. And I think even more so, you're excited to see some other players really hitting their stride here toward the end of the season. It might be a little easier to play hockey this time of year. And I don't necessarily want to say that, but, like, there's not pressure, right? Like, these these guys, they know where they're at. I mean, the Blue Jackets are – one point away from being eliminated from the playoffs, whether that's Which is just point. crazy that we've made it this long. It is, it is truly. And so, you know, we lose a point or Washington gets a point, it's over. But it's it's just all that to say, 
now that the pressure's coming off, guys like Jack Rosovic, who scores, I don't know, the first two goals in, against Montreal, uh, are playing really well. Patrick Line, three, or three points total in this game, uh, assisting on the first two of Jack's goals, or Jack's two first goals, and then his own goal. Um, guys like Cole Sillinger. Cole Sillinger picks up a goal, and uh, the Blue Jackets are now 10-0. and 10-0 in games that Cole Sillinger has scored a goal in. Also undefeated in games that Igor Chinnikov scored a goal in, but as we know, that's been like a little bit more few far between. Um, he's also 13-9. and 13-9 for 22 points in the 10 game or in the games that the Blue Jackets have won. So he's just been pivotal in games that we win. Cole has. Um, and then Emil Bemstrom. Emil Bemstrom scores, and he has a two-point night. And so you got guys like Cole Sillinger had two points. Emil Bemstrom had two points. Patrick Laine out here having three. Jack Brosovic's got a couple goals. It, and Gus Nyquist had two points. I mean, it was just, you know, Jacob Voracek had two assists. It was just good all around. And the Blue Jackets scored 10 goals in two games, which is just a lot of fun. I think that this is the hockey that you want to see. And you're really encouraged about what you're seeing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, we shook off some dust. Like, obviously, Saturday in Detroit was great. But to come home and – because we've had some rough home games lately. And to come home, to have, obviously, the pomp and circumstance of the two new guys coming out uh, for the first time. But then to for Jack to – Jack, who is who has really, really struggled – this season and who's really, I mean, when we were talking about the trade deadline, like Jack was prime situation um, in some of these circumstances. And he is, has really started coming. I mean, five goals in two games. That's, that's great stuff. Um, and then for Patrick to um, break his little, um, he had points, but he hadn't had a goal um, in seven games. So for him to, to get that. And it was a very, very Patrick goal, just wide open net, straight in, top cheese, as Jody would like to say. Um, and, you know, again, continued good stuff from Cole Cylinder and Emil Bemstrom, who has also very much so struggled um, having some some po- some positive notes uh, towards the end of the season for him is always good. Um, and then, of course, you know, not to be completely overshadowed but we did see the return of two former pretty pretty notable blue jackets uh last night in nationwide arena uh with the return of david savard and josh anderson for the first time um crazy to think that josh hasn't been back in two years um he was traded in october of 2020 to montreal yeah, we didn't play them that first year, obviously. And then um, this was their first game here this season. And then, of course, Jeremy and I were texting back and forth about this because I could have sworn that David Savard had come back to Nationwide since he left last season. Um, but we had played him in Tampa for the short run that he was in Tampa. Um, and he had not yet been back to nationwide but to have them both come back we've had obviously a lot of big big returns (laughs) this season uh but they were well received and so that was fun and they both um 
gave a lot of great interviews and talked a lot about how much they loved Columbus and all the great times that they've had here. And Savvy was definitely looking forward to coming back in the off season to visit all the friends that they have here. Um, all three of his kids were born in Columbus. So um, it's a really special place for them. And Josh too. I mean, Josh talked about how much he loved living downtown and, you know, all the nightlife things to see. So lots of good, good press for Columbus from those two. So that was nice as well. It was. And especially, I mean, like Josh Anderson, the reason he got traded is because he wanted to stay in Columbus longer than Columbus wanted him to stay. <laughs> so it's like um, all, just obviously a fascinating situation, but always cool to see them and, and to see players come back. Are we done with the comeback tour? I feel like we're done with the comeback tour. Because, like, yeah, Max Domi won't be back this season. So, like, he, like, is done. Max Domi also four points in 11 games with the Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. Yeah. It's also amazing that he's played 11 games with them. I feel like that just happened. I know. I, like, had to look up when the trade deadline was. It was March 21st, and he's played in 11 games since March 21st. I've experienced so much hockey pain since that time. Um, you have. Yeah, no, I think we're done with because we don't have anyone that went to. Oh, mm, nope. He's still playing at their AHL affiliate, right? Who's that? Riley Nash. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Not that we haven't already done that for him. We did it when he was in Winnipeg with Pierre Louis Dubois. Um, but since this is like the seventh team that Riley's been on this season, I was gonna like, say, like, which also happened this season. Like, that's the funniest part is like that actually happened like this year. Although, I guess it would be possible because they have been calling him up lately. It is possible that we see the return of Michael Delzato when Ottawa comes. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So if we do, but it depends on if they bring him on the trip or not. Yeah, I didn't know that. So we do potentially have maybe one more return when the Blue Jackets face off against Ottawa next Friday at home. But DJMDZ. Only eight more games, y'all. This is crazy. I, it's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, a lot of exciting things for the Jackets. They've got quite a few home games here to wrap up the season. I think they have three more. Um, so if you haven't gotten a chance to check out guys like Kent Johnson or Nick Blankenberg, your chances are coming up. Your chances are going to be here soon. And uh, you're going to see plenty of them next year because they're both – I mean, obviously, Kent's on contract, but they're – I. It would be silly if they didn't re-sign Nick Blankenberg <laughs> to a yeah, contract. I, I definitely don't think that Nick's career with the Blue Jackets is going to be over at the end of the season. So No, and, um, is, and is, it, is it possible that he starts the season in Cleveland next year, perhaps? But nevertheless, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how his career materializes with the Blue Jackets. And, you know, do you think – so we've got some games coming up. We've talked about, um, you know – we, we so wish that we were on this road trip out to, to California. I mean, we, we thought about it. It's just not. It was not in the cards, unfortunately. It surely was not. But the Jackets are obviously getting ready to make an Easter road trip out to California. 
They're going to be um, in the friendly confines of the Crypto.com Center. I don't even know this called anymore, but basically uh, they're going to be in LA. Yeah, Crypto.com Arena. And then they're going to uh, just hop over across town on Sunday to play um, to play Anaheim. So those are the two games that are coming up in the amount of time before we release our next episode. So uh, obviously those will be interesting. LA is still fighting for a playoff spot, but like they've really struggled recently. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. They might not make it. Yeah, their record is like very close to ours. So it's kind of even keel-ish. Um, but they definitely are more so in the fight than we are. But God, it's some Blue Jackets after dark action for these next three games. Sure is. It sure is. The Jackets ten thirty on Saturday. Yeah. I know. Ten thirty. Ew. Yeah. Not great. Not the world's best. But um, yeah, the Jackets will play at ten thirty, um, and then they'll play on eight thirty on on Saturday or on Sunday. Yeah, but it's still like almost midnight. Yeah, I was like, eight thirty is not almost midnight, but then I realized that you meant when it ends. But I was like, that's not how time works. <laughs> I was like, and then <laughs> obviously we'll talk about this on the next. But they they then go to San Jose after Anaheim, mm-hmm. and they play again at ten thirty on Tuesday. I might miss a lot of that one. I'm gonna be honest. This is gonna be a late one for me, but. Yeah, I mean, the Jackets, it'll be fun to watch them play Anaheim. I'm really excited about it. That Anaheim team is really young and is really... You just love Zegras. Trevor Zegras is one of my favorite players in the league, for sure. For sure. He might be my favorite non-Blue Jacket. And I guess I should follow that up by saying, like, my favorite non-Blue Jacket who, like, has never been a Blue Jacket because, obviously, like, there are guys who have been Blue Jackets before that I love. But, yeah, I just... He has to be one of my favorite non-Blue Jackets. And again, did you ever watch that TikTok I sent you of the little kid doing his lacrosse yeah, goal? I did see it. It's uncanny. Like, this is going to be what the league is. And all the John Tortorella-ass mother lovers out there who hate this for hockey, like, bye. Like, it's it's so fun. Yeah, there's like if you haven't seen it, NHL's uh TikTok put it out, but it's this he's literally like 6 or 7. Like he cannot be any older. I think he is 7. I think he's I think I remember from the video he is 7. But he legitimately like copy paste the way this Trevor Zegers like um lacrosse style goal and then even does the same celebration afterwards. Like, if Zegers doesn't send that kid a signed jersey, I know. Like, he's doing it wrong because that little kid's coming for him in yeah, like 11 yeah. years. Correct. And it, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I don't know. And then, like, I, this LA game is just going to be fascinating. I still remember back LA might be one of the first teams that I remember like not really liking all that much. Cause they just like won so much like them and the Blackhawks when I was really starting to get super into hockey, like Blackhawks winning three in six years, the the Kings won two. And it was just like, I couldn't stand them. And now to me, like I'm kind of liking their like rise back into possibly being competitive. Cause I feel like they've done it the right way. And so I'm kind of, like, pulling for them to make the playoffs over the Golden Knights. Like, I think that really I'm, like, pro any team but the Golden Knights in that division. 
I, I would love to see Edmonton f- f- like flail out because I just like any kind of chaos is my favorite kind of chaos. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if we can get the win. And it's going to be interesting to see if Elvis Merzlikens is going to start both of these hockey games because he probably will. And he kind of almost got hurt the other night in Detroit, which wasn't great. And so that wasn't fun. But he probably will start them. He probably will start every game for the rest of the season, barring injury. I mean, so. based on his post-game interview last night, um, he fully intends to play the rest of these eight games. How do you think he's going to react next year when they're like, you can't play 82 games? Like, you can't play every single game. I think he's going to be mad. I think legit. I do, too. Like, I do, too. He's going to be like, fuck you. This is my team. That's my net. I don't give a shit. He's gonna have like a six thirty nine goals against average, and like uh, because he just like gets smoked for ten goals like every. <laughs> and like, he's gonna games. he's gonna say all of that in the five languages that he speaks. Right. Um, and that's just we're living in Elvis's world, and that's just how it is. Yes. But because he was explaining, because they were like, <sighs> I want to say I think it was Dave that was interviewing him, but like. He was like, Elvis, you have to be tired. And he's like, I don't have time to be tired. He's like, but I'm learning how my body works. And I'm learning, like, because this is the most amount of hockey that he's played consecutively in his entire career. So there are pluses and minuses to this. Obviously, the minuses are the extreme possibility that he gets injured. But the pluses, as a goalie, he is learning more so how he can manage these heavy workloads and like how his body works and what he needs to do to prepare. And, you know, he talked about how he changes something up every day to see how that affects his game. Um, but he was like, <laughs> he was like, I don't really, cause his birthday was also yesterday. So happy birthday, Elvis. Um, and obviously a big, a big win for his birthday, but they were like, so how are you going to like, rest and celebrate he's like i technically don't get any time off until like the end of june because as soon as the blue jacket season is over he's going over to play for latvia um and so he just like he honestly is not getting any sort of a break until like the end of june yeah, I mean, so, it's and, then, and then that I think he said he was going to take like two weeks. They're going to go on vacation, but then he has to come back and start getting ready, you know, for camp and all that sort of stuff. So, and he's a big part of this team now, so he's going to have to be sort of back and in the thick of things. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think for him, like. Playing for Latvia obviously means a big deal to him for for obvious reasons, and and it's going to be fun to see how some of the Blue Jackets who choose to do that how how that goes. I won't be surprised if a lot of Blue Jackets don't, um, not because they're not able to, but because, like I said earlier in the show about just us podcasting. Yeah, ah, we talk about hockey so much, ah, but like these guys have been playing hockey so much over the last two years, and. I wouldn't blame a single soul. Like if Patrick Line is like, ah, yeah, a long drink sounds nice, but I'm good on that. Like maybe I won't be surprised. Or I mean, like, cause obviously all the guys that you think were going to make the Olympic rosters, they're probably going to 
you know, play for their country except for the Russians on the team who are probably going to make the Olympics who won't be involved in the World Juniors anymore. But it's going to be a fascinating thing to see which Blue Jackets make it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, truly, like, I would not blame a single one of them to take some much-needed time off. Um, Just, you know, playing the shortened COVID season, Mm -hmm. everything that the team went through emotionally last summer, um, which is hard. Sometimes it feels like it was yesterday, and other times it feels like it was a million years ago. Um, everything that the team went through. Um, and then this season, which has been a literal roller coaster, and a mm. lot of our players have experienced injury. Um, what we only have two, we only have two players that have played every single game, right? Gus yeah. and Andrew Peak. Yep. So everyone else has missed a game um, for either COVID or injury. Um, very few for healthy scratch. That's only been a couple of them. So it's been injuries and COVID. Um, so yeah, a much deserved, a much deserved rest would be absolutely understandable. Without a doubt. And uh, speaking of rest, you all have been great to us listening to us for an hour, but I think I don't have much else to talk about. Laura, how, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I think that's basically it. Just a big thank you to everyone who uh, commented or reached out um, to our messages or our posts earlier or yesterday, earlier this week about our situation. We had some really, really lovely comments and support, um, which was just very nice. It's very nice to know um, that we have such a supportive like hockey family when our off-the-mic lives are seemingly a giant dumpster fire. Maybe but, we should even bring the microphones everywhere. Maybe that's what's keeping us back. Yeah, and, maybe that's it. We should just... Maybe we should get some of those, like, Britney Spears, like, head mics. I'm thinking the tiny mics of the folks who are interviewing people around, in and around uh, BYU. Oh, yeah. Yes. Some hockey teams have been doing that, too, with the little tiny baby mics. Just Without like... Without Although a doubt. I feel like the way Jakob Voracek responds to those types of videos, he would just take the tiny mic and throw it. Yeah, or he would just like bite it. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. And then Chinny would just shot. Yeah, Chinnikov would just sort of run. He does from do that. It. He does tend to do that. But um the one thing that you all can't run from is us. Because you probably follow us in a lot of places. And if you don't, why? No, no, seriously, why? Also, how did you find us if you don't? Because we give you every chance in the world to follow us on our social media. This is actually the 110th time that we've told you where to follow us on social media. 110. Laura, do the damn thing. Absolutely. You can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. If you would like to see our recently updated website, uh, you can check out SubjectivelySpeaking.com. Also, if you would like to contribute to us attending the Cannonball next year, because Lord knows we're not going this year, um, please visit our merch store and pick yourself up some adorable Subjectively Speaking merch. 
that is subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know why it matters, but it does help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps us show up more often when people are looking for hockey content. Um, And we would love to grow our little community. Other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. Most of you anyway. No, I'm kidding. We love you all. Um, And until we get the chance to chat with you all next time, the Blue Jackets are still alive. They're still alive. Um, And so are we. And that's what matters. So we will talk to you all next time. Take care of yourselves. And hopefully we're chatting about a couple of Blue Jackets wins on the West Coast on Tuesday. But until then, take care and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.